Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. His dad eats lip balm. Please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be back. Episode two of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahulastapa. Which uh, that stands for Richard Herring loves self-filating uh, tumescent penises. That's why. <laughs> sorry, penises is only self-filating. I'm not diphylactic. Uh, I wish, uh, but uh, it means having two penises. So that's, you could work that out yourself. Uh, so uh, we've uh, had some fun uh, last week with uh, Tim Minchin, and uh, we've got another fantastic couple of guests uh, this week. I think we're going to break this into two different podcasts. The people here at the stu- the uh, Left Square Theatre who've bothered to pay to come down, despite this going out for free online tomorrow <laughs> idiots uh, there's a good reason to come you get a chance to win uh, some prizes in the competition at the end and today's prizes will be a copy of Lee and Herring's Fist of Fun Series 1 on DVD it's taken uh, 17 years for this to come out 1995 or 1996 it was and the BBC refused to bring this out on DVD themselves they said that it was too funny and uh, <laughs> they wanted to give their other DVDs a chance would just show them up. So we, we had to get ourselves. Me and Stu have brought this ourselves from the BBC. It cost us £45,000. So it'd be nice if people bought that. It's, uh, <laughs> you can go to www.gofasterstripe.com and you can buy that uh, if you're at home, if you want to. But someone's going to win it tonight. Someone's going to also win a very clever puzzle compendium. I've got a whole bag of these. So, yeah, kind of nerdy Elliot Line gave them to me with no information about how people at home can get them. <laughs> um, so I'm published, he's, he's uh, from Mensa, so if you're really, cl- you can just, if you're reading this on the tube, you know, chicks all think you're cool, lads, because that's, that's what girls love, right, girls? Less girls in this week, for some reason, than there were, I thought, I thought it's because I got married, all the chicks were turning up, thinking he's irresistible now, he's unobtainable, I'm very obtainable, don't worry, I'm still, I'm still obtainable, just don't tell my wife. Luckily, she doesn't listen to this. You know, I also brought a Rich Terry Someone Like Shogger as well, DVD. I don't know, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's an old show. That's available to download. You can download that from Go Faster Stripe now. And two, very excitingly, two tickets to see this podcast when Stuart Lee is the guest, which is sold out. So if you'd come down, people at home, you could have had a chance. They're in seats E15 and E16. So if you come down to that show, you can meet the person. Just go to those seats. <laughs> And that's quite good. They're quite near the front because that is sold out, but there might be some returns. So uh, we've got some brilliant guests coming up. But let's have a look and see what's been going on this week. I haven't really been, you know, I haven't prepared myself. I should really, uh, uh, should really spend, spend more time uh, working out what I'm going to say. Uh, but uh, oh, it's, been, it's been a big weekend for football, of course. So that's the main, that's the main news. And all the football fans out there are very excited because, of course, uh, York City won the FA Trophy. <laughs> that was the big news. All the football fans are talking about it. I was there, I saw it. They, put, they beat uh, Newport County, which is a football team, uh, in the FA Trophy. You've probably heard of them and all their... They'd actually, it's the first time Newport County, they came 17th, I think, in the, uh, premi- in the, in the Premiership, the Conference Premiership. <laughs> they avoided relegation by about six points and York City took them down 2-0. That's how good we are. They had a 95-year-old fan who'd come to Wembley who'd been, who supported Newport County for 90 years. And he, that was the first time they'd come to Wembley and I was glad we defeated them. <laughs> I was trying to find him afterwards and laugh in his stupid old face. 
make him till he cried. Uh, and uh, John Travolta's been in trouble uh, with massages, masseuses. Male masseuses. Ooh, you know, what a surprise. He always seems such a hit with the ladies. Uh, 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 but he's been, uh, well, allegedly, he's been kind of tr- massaging back a little bit. <laughs> Which I think's fair enough, you know. I mean, I've, I've, I've always a bit confused with massages. I, I mean, I've got sympathy with John Travolta here because, like, someone, some of them were saying he was clearly getting aroused and moving, and masseuse can tell that he, when someone is excited in an inappropriate way. But I get like that every time I'm... Don't you? On that spot? Isn't that part? There's a, there's a grey area, isn't there, between... It's sort of like you're allowed to do it, but there's, you know, it's a sort of slightly... Se- I mean, I don't grab hold of the guy. If it's a guy, I don't have a guy. And if it's a woman, I don't know what you're implying. <laughs> I don't grab them. But I, I did have an experience once where, the other way around where I, was, I went to a, 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 a kind of spa for the... Uh, Weekend, yeah, I know. And uh, uh, not the supermarket. It was like... <laughs> and it was kind of a bit New worldy poncy And, and uh, it was, uh, the, the, I did this hot and cold... My girlfriend at the time insisted that I had a hot and cold stone massage. And it was a middle-aged man doing it. That's fine, I'm, yeah, so. But he made, me not, I, I was, he made me take all my clothes off. And he didn't give me his little pants to put on. And he, when I was kind of... He, he touched my cock twice. He, right, so... <laughs> And um, once I can forgive, but twice is, is, is too much. But I'm, I find that confusing. I don't know, do you find that confusing? So have you been for a massage? I have, yeah. Yeah? Have you ever, you know, is it ever... You're kind of hoping, aren't you? There's, there's a part of it, so, you know, whatever persuasion you are of. If it's an attractive young lady or man, you know, you're kind of hoping they might just at the end go, mm, you're so sexy. <laughs> Let me just finish you off there. That's what you're kind of... That's what you're, <laughs> And, you know, you have to, I'm married, so I would still have to think, am I allowed to, is this, am I allowed, is this allowed? No, the man, man they're saying no, not allowed, sir. You don't think it's allowed? Yes, if they, you can. Yes, it, yes, you can. Is that a man at the back, a slightly scary man who was telling me on his own? Uh, <laughs> the man who was shaking his head vigorously is with a very attractive young lady. I don't know if they're together, but he was making it very clear that they mustn't do that. A bit too vehemently, I thought, madam. <laughs> a bit like, oh, that's what I do, I'm going I bear. No, never. No, if they know. touched it, what would you do? Say, excuse me, that is my <laughs> private area. Not after last time. Not after last time. Oh, not funny. So, um, <laughs> good try. But I'm sure there was something else major I wanted to talk about, but... Uh, uh, fuck it. Uh, we got so we got some fantastic guests. <laughs> that was some, like, amazing thing I wanted to talk And it isn't this, but they're, they're doing... Um, uh, Baldrick has uh, put together some... You've seen this, Baldrick's in the news... He's uh, put together some announcements uh, on the train uh, at the station where they're doing joke announcements. Have you seen this? I'll see if I can... I've got it. No, I don't think I've got it on here, but we'll see. Uh, but I just... I've, I've been commuting quite a lot because I live in Harpenden at the moment. I'm working in town a lot. And it's really irritating being on trains. I don't think the guard making a joke written by Baldrick that he is delivering himself will make the situation better for me. I think that will make it... Make it worse. There's one way going, are we going to play a game called horse? If you see a horse, shout horse. And then every now and again in the journey, the guard will go, horse. That would really fuck me off. I, I was I was train the other day and there was a woman there playing her baby music on her phone with, you know, out loud. That's irritating. And then she gave him a bag of rubbish and he was just banging against the table. 
And if a man was going, horse! <laughs> and delivering Baldrick's jokes badly, I would be annoyed about that. But we may talk about that some more. But anyway, look, we've got a fantastic guest um, uh, for the first half. Maybe guests for the first half. I don't, I, even I don't know what's quite going to happen. Uh, hopefully he was just in the toilet, so hopefully he's finished. I was just playing for time. We were just discussing as older men how... Uh, he likes to sit down and have a wee now. That's, that's... Why not have a rest at the same time? I said that sometimes when I sit down and have a wee, now I'm older, it's like a fuel tank, you know, and the fuel can shift to one end of the tank as you're sitting. You stand up and then it shifts again. You experience this, yeah? yeah. And you have, to, you have to do a little bit more standing up. Do you find that? I'm looking for an older gentleman. They're all quite young in the, they're young in the front. Have you found that? So you're going a bit bald, maybe? Is it affecting you? <laughs> So I, had to, I can sit down and have a wee, but then I've got to stand up and finish off the rest of the wee. Sometimes you leave, go, oh, there's a bit more, a bit more wee in there. This is the kind of stuff we'll be discussing with our first guest. Very, uh, very proud to have this man down here. Will you please welcome the incredible... Uh, he was, let me tell you a little bit about him before I introduce him. He was... He was the showbiz dad's most... Uh, fa- he was the showbiz dad most fathers identified with in 2004. <laughs> He's indirectly responsible for me doing these Leicester Square podcasts because I got fed up with having to work at the BBC after something he did uh, that, <laughs> that made everything censored, so I decided to do my own shows. Will you please welcome... It's Paul Ross's brother, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Ross! Yeah. Hello, Jonathan, thanks for coming along. You can either leave that in the thing or take it out wherever you I'll fancy. Just make sure you speak into it. It's, so um, don't so it's to... all my fault you're here, is it? It is partly, yeah. I was, I was genuinely kind of, when I did As It Occurs to Me, A. A. Ottoma, um, I, I uh, was sort of frustrated that it was so, A, so hard to get stuff on the radio. You have to go through, jump through so many hoops. But B, they were, after the, uh, the sax gate, whatever you want to call it. There were restrictions. Well, there were, it's just like, even they were told me, um, I, would do, I was doing a panel show, and they said, you're not even allowed to s- use a swear word in the warm-up before the show is recorded in case there's a journalist in the audience who'll go, you know, they, oh, they said fuck, now the BBC in trouble. So it kind of, this draconian stuff came down on all of our heads for a while. So it's all my fault. It's, your, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Partly your fault for getting a bit well, overexcited. We, we, it's Russell. like an Arab Spring. We'll clear the way and there'll be a rebirth afterwards. <laughs> well, that, I think it's kind of going back the other way, but I want you to know there's no, there are no restrictions on what you can say here today. I would like it if you could say something pretty offensive that will get me in the papers hopefully in three years time I'll be being sucked off by Katy Perry that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for you know what I don't think Katy Perry started sucking off because of sex I think it was okay, I don't think it was that it was because that sent him away to Hollywood if, he, if that hadn't happened he wouldn't have done Arthur did, did she uh... Uh, so... Did you go and see Arthur? I did. Well, I rented it. Did you? I, I rented, oh, you rented it on it. a DVD. Okay. Okay. I was very. It's written by my good friend uh, Peter Bainham. Who's meant to be very good. I didn't He's see Arthur, oh, so don't, I don't, don't have to comment. Don't bother. <laughs> He's got a great film inside him. I'm sure of that he has. He has. Well, you know, I, I do. I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, Russell. Hopefully, he'll, I'm hoping he'll listen and come on next week. So, because uh, uh, <laughs> he sold out the, the Hammersmith lyric. In, yeah, I was in a last-minute booking, wasn't I? Yeah. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> clearly, I mean, I, I didn't take it personally, but three hours notice isn't quite. <laughs> Who pulled out? No one pulled out. I just I'd forgotten to get someone for this one. <laughs> I just thought there was more time than there was, than there actually was. That sums up life at our age, though, doesn't it? (laughs) You know, and you said about early on, I heard you before I'm telling about the the weeing sitting down, and I do like to sit down on a weeing, because it does seem like a wasted opportunity, but I would like to say I do poo standing up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like a challenge. <laughs> not crouching, just standing up completely standing straight. Standing proud. I stand up in the street even sometimes, you know, in public, standing up. If there's a bar, I can pull myself up. I go yeah. for that as well. Really, make the, uh, the targeting difficult. <laughs> Swinging from a bar. I once had to... The, my most embarrassing poo story, I'm not sure I've told this one before, is when I really need... Go, I, was, I was coming back from, uh, like, in town. I got the tube home and I really suddenly realised I needed the toilet. And I, I lived about a mile away from the station. So I was very getting close to my house, thinking, God, I really need to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I couldn't wait. And I was about 100 yards from my house. And, <laughs> and it was night time, so it's not so bad. But I had to go and poo against a wall 100 yards from my house. And just... And it was a man I've never seen. It was a prodigious poo, I have to say. I've never, I went and looked the next morning. I didn't see it at the time. The next morning I went, and you wouldn't believe what I'd left behind there. It was like an alien landed. Did, 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 you, did you walk past a few times they didn't know you'd gone back to the scene of crime just to check well, it out? I was just thinking, what happened if anyone had seen me who knew me and going, why are you shitting against that wall? You live there. What? I just really genuinely... But society sneers at that kind of behaviour. Do. I, I don't know why. So I kind of had to stand against to walk for to do that. It was good, it was fun. It worked out well for me. But, uh, so you, but you are quite fun. I mean, you've written a book about the stupid things you say, or, you know, based on the, you know, what... Well, yeah, but, I mean, mouth, I don't but... actually think I say stupid things. I just think I don't necessarily filter stuff yeah. as well as I might occasionally. And, I, yeah, and my wife does actually call me on this sometimes, because... Uh, and now it's a kind of playful thing. Um, I will pretend to have said something which is not beyond the realms of possibility. I would have said it, and yet I know it will terrify her. And, there'll be moments, and she still falls for it every time. <laughs> you know, and normally it's about friends of hers or dear acquaintances. And I'll say, I said this. I said, why do you do that stupid... Shall we? She didn't say that, did you? And panics because she thinks I will. But I think I've obviously, obviously, I've learned a little bit from from yeah. recent events, <laughs> a little bit. But you got away with it, so it's all right. Well, no it. one fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> also, he was meant to be there taking the call. We wouldn't have said it if he was there. And they shouldn't have put it out. It's someone else's fault. <laughs> I found that that's an easy way of getting through life. Blame other people. It is sort of someone else's fault. No, nah, it, it wasn't really. I was an idiot. But, uh, you know, but you people do People were gunning for you at the time, maybe. With them, yeah, was... probably. But, you know, you know what? It's not, it wasn't the end of the world for no. anyone, including me. So it wasn't, you know... But it was very really, really weird to live through. I mean, because I was well-known. I've been well-known for years, but I'd never been, I'd never been at the centre of something like that. And actually, to have 30 to 40 people outside your house every day was so weird and kind of good in a way, kind of exciting, <laughs> you know? And I did, deliberately didn't go outside to see how long I could keep them there for. <laughs> I watched the entire box set of Sex in the City while 40 people waited outside for me. Wow. Very odd. <laughs> But you've also said things about... Uh, you asked uh, the Prime Minister. Was he the Prime Minister at the time? He wasn't asked? the Prime Minister at the time. How no. dare you? As if I would ask the Prime Minister such a question. <laughs> yeah, I asked him whether he'd ever had a wank thinking about Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Because, and, I, and I think that's a legitimate question. I do as well. For a Conservative who was a young boy in that period. And we know a lot of them... I'm sure a lot of the people in the Cabinet had a weird sexual frisson towards Thatcher Definitely. as well. You know, they're like a stern matronly figure. So I still think that was legitimate and Paxman could learn from me. <laughs> What did he say? Did he redeem... Paxman? No, no, no. <laughs> Cameron just blathered and blustered and went... Sort of posh noises he Basically, I got the feeling he did. Yes. And I get the feeling he still does. <laughs> Have you ever masturbated thinking about Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Ten minutes ago. I wasn't actually uh, in the toilet for reasons you thought. No, I've never masturbated thinking about no. Margaret Thatcher. Have you ever masturbated thinking about a female or male uh, comic book character? Um... 
Probably. Because <laughs> you, like, you know what? what? It'd be much easier to just ask me which things I haven't masturbated Because <laughs> it'd be a much shorter list. What haven't you masturbated about? You, well, yet. yet. Not yet, but after <laughs> this. But with the way that light is catching your hair, you're a beautiful woman, Miss Herring. I'm not too bad. It's like a sun silk advert over here. It really oh is. There's a, there's a bounce and a freshness to your coif. <laughs> We both kept our hair. That's the way. As older men, it's a lucky thing. Yes, we, we are. We are. Well, we are getting old because you're what, 44 now. 44. And it's by the way, we both look. I'm older than Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a weird. I enjoy, but I'm enjoying getting old. And I tell you one thing, I'm pleased with getting old. Because obviously, I'm be, I am beginning to fall apart a little bit. Like if I take my trousers off now, which could still happen, it does look like I've been sitting in a hot bath for quite a long while. Yeah. All of my skin is permanently dimpled. Yeah. Elasticity is a thing of the past. I've tucked one testicle in each of my socks at the moment, just so I don't trip over. Okay. So, but I quite like, so the physical side of it, obviously not so much, but I quite like, because obviously you can get away with just being grumpy. Yeah. You can get away with people thinking, he's old, of course he's grumpy. I know you should keep your coat on. I'll unzip it if you want. If you like, because you've got a nice bumblebee, uh, yes. and a scarf on. You're I look like a burglar. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like a sophisticated raffle. Do you want to take the scarf off as well? No, no, we can do what you like. Is this some sort of grooming process? <laughs> <laughs> You won't feel the benefit later, that's all I'm saying. Can I keep the shoes on? I'm going to massage to you later. <laughs> well, if you get massaged, have you, what do you think I'm about I'm not a massage spot? fan. I, don't like like I do not like to be massaged. What's the point of someone rubbing you unless they're going to finish you off? Yeah. I've got no interest in that at all. But it's the I, excitement I like... of, well, will they finish you off? I, I got massaged by a blind man once, and yeah. admittedly, I only had myself to blame because he was a masseurs, okay? But I went and I didn't, and he was he was really doing it and I think some people professional masters think that unless they're hurting you they're not doing their job yeah. I don't want to be hurt and I was like but I felt too embarrassed to say anything partially because he was blind and I felt bad about it I don't know why I felt embarrassed I thought I better not tell him and then also just because I thought well he's a professional I don't want to seem like a coward but he really fucking hurt me so much so that I've hated all masseurs ever since. <laughs> He'd just come round to tune the piano. At oh, night. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's a great sort of 70s joke you've just done. <laughs> I, thought I, feel, I feel more at home than I thought. <laughs> now, you are Paul Ross's brother. That's probably what you're yes, best I'm known pr- for. Proud of it, proud of and it. And have you um, seen the Amazon... Oh, of course. Uh, the the okay. framed picture you know, of Paul Ross, because this is what I really want. I have a confession to make after you've read some of these. Um, the, uh, Shall I explain what it is if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. it? On Amazon, if you go to Amazon, which I believe is quite a popular uh, retail website, there is a canvas print you can buy of my brother Paul, looking kind of just kind of a bit aimless, a little bit lost, <laughs> sitting at a really unattractive silver table in some sort of a courtyard outside <laughs> a studio. Got no idea why this picture was taken. And they've mocked it up into this rather attractive canvas print for sale. A box canvas print yeah. of Paul Ross. You can buy it from the media storehouse. Look it up on Amazon. If you put Paul Ross in Damson, it's the first thing that comes up. I don't think he's got much other money. I don't, I don't think he gets any of the money from well, this. Well, he's never... He's, I don't think he gets any cash. F- £50 plus £9.99 uh, shipping. It's well, got, I think you can get it in a variety of sizes. Oh, can you? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, probably the biggest one. No, the bargain uh, one. Though. The I size one 20. Up, one's about 125 quid. <laughs> oh, really? For the real fan, the hardcore fan. I mean, there's a lot of very funny reviews of it, but what I also like on is customers who viewed this item also viewed photo <laughs> mugs of Paul Ross... <laughs> Aluminium foil is the second. <laughs> Baratine methylated, methylated spirit. German regular Nazi party 1920 to 1945. No, they didn't. You've had it. Oh, my God, they did <laughs> There's, there's at least two Nazi-based flags. Uh, original Three Wolf Moon adult T-shirt. Canvas prints of healthy toes. That's so obviously, is, you can understand that, because that's a canvas print, right? Those are people... So this must be people who just don't know how to work the internet. Yeah. 
Photographic prints of women rejecting food. <laughs> Photo jigsaw puzzle of a portrait of somebody. I don't know, that's not... Uh, home taxidermy, 99. Well, Inflatable woman, adult fancy dress costume. <laughs> so someone who has bought the Paul Ross... Has well, bought a, a no, costume they can dress up. They've as... looked at it. They haven't necessarily. No, they've also viewed your right. Okay. You right. I um I have bought the canvas print of my brother. Have you? I bought it and gave it to my wife as a Christmas <laughs> present. <laughs> we haven't found the right spot to hang it yet, <laughs> but we do have one. How many do you think it sells? I don't think it sells a lot. I think it's just become it's almost like a meme, and it? it's become a funny thing to do, and people go there to look at the yeah. messages. But Paul is. He's a very cool guy. He's very relaxed. About it. He knows that he doesn't do what you consider necessarily. He doesn't necessarily make the TV shows that he would want to watch. I mean, it's a job for him. Years ago, he used to have on his answer machine, it legitimately, he used to say, if it's about work, the answer's yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's what he had on it. And that shows, I think, shows him in a very good light. <laughs> that's good. So um, I was also looking at... So what about this? Do you remember winning the, the showbiz dad most fathers identified with in 2004? Do you remember winning that? No. They, was I, there no ceremony? I've always thought those things. I've always thought there were no ceremony that I was aware of. If there was, I didn't turn up. I was being with my children, probably. <laughs> um, but no, you know, all those things are just nonsense, aren't they? I mean, just, and it's hideous as well. I mean, a few times I was asked whether, oh, we put you up for father of the year. And you think, I'm clearly not fucking father of the year. <laughs> you know, I'm well off. I've got help if I need it at home. I'm not father of the year. Yeah. Father of the year is some bloke who, you know, doesn't need to be there for his kids and his. John I'm Terry. There. John Terry. There you go. <laughs> Don't rise to it. Okay? <laughs> you go to football matches. I still. only know the York City players, so I can, I can only do material about them. But you know, those sort of things that they are large, they're normally, I bet you if you were to look a little closer, and I don't know where you found that, it's normally there's some sort of product involved. So it'd be like yeah. Wagon Wheels, Father of the Year, most people can associate with, or Vim, or Aluminium Foil, perhaps. You know, it'd be one of those products. Yeah, but I'd like to, I never win anything, so I'd, I'd Yeah, but you're not even a father, are you? I'm not a father. You're you know, only recently, you've only recently I've decided only... you're straight and getting married. I mean, <laughs> so it's a new development in your life. That's what it is. When, when John Travolta didn't want me to massage him, I thought, I'd better move on. Well, uh, I remember <laughs> speaking to a very, very famous gay friend of mine, who I, I won't name him, but he said that after 40, he said that gay men become invisible. Right. Not literally, because I got really excited for a while. I thought, wow, you get like a superpower. But I think he meant he found it harder to get like, you know, the kind of, uh, the, the sexual playground wasn't as open to him as it was previously. So I assume that is what happened it's to you. It's a similar thing, yeah. <laughs> it's similar. For second best. It is, it is. But no, so I've got any tips on, I mean, I've been married for about six weeks now. So it's going, I've been going okay. It's starting, the, the honeymoon period is definitely over. <laughs> when she brings the first male prostitute home, don't take it personally. That's okay. what I would say. No, I've been married for, I've been married 24 years in August, so we're looking at 25th next year, so it'll be wow. quite a big one. So I, I will probably have some kind of a party. But uh, no, I've got no tips at all. You, if you, you stay married if you want to stay married. That's all I can say. People who don't want to stay married, they get divorced. And people say, what's the secret? Well, there is no secret. We want to stay together. That's all it is. The minute we still want to stay together, we're going to fucking get out of it as quickly as possible. You know, so there's no kind of... And I don't think people should stay in a marriage just if they don't want to be there. No. So I don't think it's necessarily a great place to be. I'm not, I'm not anti-divorce at all. But right, I'm, I'm, very I'm pleased. getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Ross has talked me into it. No, I'm filled. I'm still mad. It's, uh, it's made my life, made some sense of my life. And also yeah. she is, uh, she once said actually, she said to me, she said, you know, I'm, I'm your human credentials. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible moment of awareness. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good. Uh, so oh, I was going to have something off the back of that. This is what I, this is what happens on when Jonathan is doing his show. I bet this happens a lot when he goes. Oh, I was, never I, happened. I was going to say something. It's I've never happened it, once. But they edit it out. But I, I no, I'll pretend. I, I actually sometimes it. pretend things have happened. One, many many years ago, when I used to do more live TV, and I was doing the Last Resort, that first series I did for Channel Four, and we had Barbara Windsor, and this was back before she was on the Queen Vic. So she was on basically because I, I loved the Carry On films growing up. But I ran out of things to ask. It was a live show, so I pretended <laughs> my contact lens had dropped out on the floor <laughs> to give me some excuse. But then she stayed helping me look for it. I felt really bad <laughs> because I thought, well, it can't be good for one of her age with her knees and stuff to be on the floor <laughs> help me find it and I, I still had it in so then I had to actually <laughs> pop it out and I thought people can see that I'm popping out the lens it was just oh it was a, a web of lies <laughs> so don't lie just yeah, be honest about it just oh that was the one, you were my TV career began before, before yours did that seems, that seems unbelievable no that can't well, well no except when, hey, is this true according to Wikipedia so it may not be true you appeared in an episode of Ain't Half Hot Mum in 1981 yes so what did you, what did okay. you play? I know, I, did, I was actually in some commercials when I was a yeah, kid yeah, as well. Yeah, so, you know, so I did stuff, because my mum, even though we were very much a working class family, I think she saw the, she, she was always looking for kind of opportunities for us, and she wanted us to have a kind of a richer life, perhaps, and I think she thought might have been prescribed for us because of our backgrounds and where we were. But uh, that, that stuff came back, because somehow, I can't remember, you had to have an equity card to be on TV, and somehow someone in the family, I think my dad got hold of a bent equity card, right, <laughs> under the name of John Thurston, and so we all used it. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so everyone in the house who was male, who could get away being one person, would accept work if it came from this slightly dodgy TV agency who supplied extras as John Thurston. Right. So there's an awful lot of John Thurston shows there, and it's always different. All, he's a marvellous actor, John Thurston. <laughs> he could play from 14 to 50 with no trouble. Uh, and in that, I think that was D-Mob Day yes. in Anna Mum. And, and you can see me on screen, and there's a queue of people waiting in the line behind Windsor Davis, I believe, who's being D-Mob. So his wonderful dream of the, when he was the Sergeant, he loved it. So, and I'm saying, about, and I was always so I almost always stared straight in the camera. I was so at least partly because I was so excited to be there. So I'd be there and be the queue, and I'd be going, <laughs> trying not to smile like an idiot. I'm also in the movie Breaking Glass. Do you remember that film with Hazel O'Connor? Yeah. And I'm the only one person, once again, this is a crowd scene, and there are about a thousand people there, and you can actually see it. If you see it on the big screen, you see there's one person staring right at the camera, <laughs> and it's me. And I'm looking up there thinking, do I look a bit like James Dean? <laughs> and the answer's no. no. But you're a researcher on the TV show Loose Talk. Which I was a guest on the loose. I was, no, in, I was wait. in that. Don't were you in the first me? series or second series? I don't know. You I, were the first I didn't series. realise there were two you, series. You weren't there in my tenure. Really? You never have got past. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was a researcher on that. Yeah, and there yeah. was a kind of short-lived Channel Four. It was the first Channel Four talk show. It was a yeah. live show, and the host was a nice guy, smart guy. He was a journalist who worked for the Face. Uh, maybe a different show. There might be two shows called Loose Talk. I think so. I think you. I don't yeah. think you were. This was this was like eighty two. I was no, that is. No, I was in school then. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, maybe we had a schoolboy section that I didn't know. About. I thought that was a bit much. Uh, yeah, no, you weren't. Well, what was the? Loose I do my own research. I can't blame him. <laughs> Sack the researcher. <laughs> it should never I, have gone out. <laughs> I saw that. I was very. So, did, had, did, had you make much money from the Rice Krispies advert? Did you get no, that? I got a mustard uh, polo neck nylon jumper out of it. Wow. My Still parents kept them. I'm <laughs> This is real fibres. Um, but I remember it was quite because, and I was excited doing. It was just such an exciting thing to be doing that kind of stuff anyway and seeing how they did adverts. I didn't mind at all. But um, my parents had the money. But, you know, my dad worked. He was a porter at a hospital. My mum was raising six kids. So I guess the money went into the family pot. Although he did have a Ferrari. 
<laughs> Not an easy thing for me to say, even. Um, so, uh, no, I never... I don't remember seeing any of the money for it, but I don't think we expected to see any either. But we did quite a few commercials. We did a, we did a commercial as a whole family. We a commercial. We were like a family commercial for Win-A-Lot. And we weren't eating it. We were chasing out off his dog. But the dog got much better treated than we did on the day. And we found out afterwards the dog had just had his hip replaced. So, fuck me, it must be hard to find some Bernards. Because this one, they played a fortune against hip replacement and then given this one with a bad hip. So we, oh, you can't work him too long. His hip hasn't taken yet. Get another dog! <laughs> Amazing, hip replacement on a dog. Uh, so, um... Oh, damn, again, I thought of something. I'm He's too so CEO was a last-minute call, guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's got nothing he wants to ask me. And there was loads of things. That I was, oh, I was, we talk about anything. We don't but, talk about uh, me. What I found interesting when you started up in your, chat, in your talk show was that immediately you, were, you kind of came out of nowhere sort of thing as a talk show host. But the press were kind of gunning you for you even then because they were sort of going, you were, they were, you were compared to Simon D before you'd yeah. even really been... I didn't feel like they were gunning for me, to be honest with you. Not, not compared to what happened then, <laughs> I felt like they were gunning for me. But no, yeah, I suppose some of them did say that. And, but I suppose it was quite irritating to... You know, I mean, when you're on TV, you do irritate people, even yeah. if you are, as we are, essentially saintly human beings. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, and you've got to accept that that's what's going to happen. Because for Wait, so Simon like, D was the 60s talk show host who was massive and then disappeared. Who I believe... Due, I believe it was due to a kind of mixture of arrogance and hubris and all that kind of thing. But so, I, I, I met him once very briefly, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, he kind of was huge. But he was bigger than I ever was, really, I think. I mean, he had this big Saturday night show. And this is back when there were essentially two channels. Yeah. It was BBC One, ITV. No one watched two. And there was no entertainment on two. And this was a big Saturday night show. So he was huge. And then, almost overnight, he sort of disappeared. But it's odd that they were started doing, <laughs> they started comparing you to him while you were still on TV. It wasn't like yes. you're on TV and it disappeared go, oh, he's a bit like Simon D. It's like they're going, he's going to be like Simon D. This yeah, but it was odd. But you know what? I, I can kind of see why they were doing it in a way because back then in particular, I think I learned how to do what I do on TV. But back then when I started, it was, some weeks it was a really good show. Other weeks it was a really bad show. I remember, I'm going to drop a name now, but one of the rogues from Aha said... <laughs> uh, not Morton Hackett, one of the other ones. He, he, I remember seeing him in something like Smash Hit or Just 70. Those magazines were around at the time saying, What's your favourite show on TV? And he said, The Last Resort on a Good Night. And he said, What's your least favourite show on TV? And he said, The Last Resort on a Bad Night. And I thought, He's got a point, you know, because some nights I was just like a kind of, you know. But it was every night, was it? Was it? No, no, it was once a week. Once a week, is that okay? Yeah, but it was live after about three weeks in, so it was kind of terrifying, especially yeah. as I hadn't actually done any real performance in front of an audience. I did a few. When I, when I was, uh, when they said, okay, we'll give this show a go, we'll do a pilot and we'll let you try and host it, they, uh, I did a couple of small open mic spots at the comedy store when right. it was, I think it was here in Leicester Square then. Yeah, and they yeah. went kind of okay. It was a cobbled together some jokes. A friend I knew was doing some stand-up comedy, he let me have a couple of jokes. I wrote one myself, which I can remember if you want it, go on, and there was one, one or two I nicked from uh, various comedy books. The one I did myself was, it was convoluted. Uh, I was saying about how I was uh, a bit of a lonely child and I had... Uh, an imaginary friend. I was an unpopular child, I had an imaginary friend, but um, I didn't spend a lot of time with him because he was off playing with more interesting children. <laughs> that was the kind of... Did he ever get a laugh as big as that? It got polite laughter, thank you. Um, <laughs> but it got, polite, it got slightly more laughter because I think they, yeah. there was a, a degree of sympathy and empathy because I was so terrified on stage. So, but I, but I, I was aware, based on the material that I managed to generate myself, that a stand-up comedy wasn't my future. <laughs> Although you're very funny in um, the uh, the sports, they think it's all over quiz. You were very, you always seem to go off on, and it seemed to be not something that could have been given to you as a script. You always some of it was scripted. Kind of, I, I like to have some some ideas written down for me before I start, but yeah. no, I can extemporise if necessary. Yeah, well, I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, so but that, as 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 somebody I... who hadn't done stand up 
uh, and to a large degree, I thought it was. Yeah, good. well, I, but you know why? I think a lot of it is, and you know, you know, if you if you uh, is, is confidence. Yeah. A lot of it's confidence, and uh, I do have a disproportionate amount of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and the edit as well, which you we don't have the uh, benefit yeah. of on this show. But the, com- the confidence <laughs> to talent ratio is way out of whack with me. You know, I've got. I remember once I did something amnesty with some big amnesty benefit, and I was going out, and there was in front of about four thousand people, and Stephen Murray said, "Aren't you nervous?" I went, "No," <laughs> and I went out and died on my arse, and he came out and said, "You just died." I went, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> no one all, died. It is all about confidence. Well, that was what I was going to ask you about. Was the, the very thing you're saying when you said Ferrari or tried to? Um, the Roy Hodgson connection. Yeah, the Roy Hodgson, because this has become oh, now become topical. with people going... It's, and in fact, David Jason today was calling it political correctness gone mad, or political correctness was destroying uh, comedy. Because the very fibre of British society. Because <laughs> I think the bodyguard, or whatever it was called, might have destroyed, <laughs> destroyed comedy. I but, saw some of that. I saw about ten minutes that once. It was truly mind-numbingly awful. It was like your granddad had been put in, had been forced to appear uh, on the Generation Game sink. And was slightly out of his depth. But... People have sort of, you know, with the Roy, the Roy, where is he? Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. Uh, he is. I'm just Hodgson. trying to make him say yeah. the, the words with the hard Hodgson isn't the hard one. Funny. Hodgson's <laughs> the one they get right. I can't, I can't say the word Hodgson. Uh, but, uh, do you think, but people are, you know, people are saying that to take the mickey out of that now, which obviously you've made a career out of. Well, hold uh, on. I haven't it. made a career out of it. <laughs> I, I didn't say, you know what, I, I can't say that at all. Give us a gig. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Outside of Asians, I was going, wow, wow, the wagon walks. Listen to that, that's funny. Better than the imaginary well, friend joke. So, uh... yes. oh, <laughs> I was seven at the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I don't is know. Is it ridiculous that people are getting upset about the release Warwick I, joke? I, I, I the... think police, I think people got police. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I think people got uh, upset about it because I think what they saw it was, was just a kind of an immediate attack on him. And yeah. he's doing a job which a lot of people really... I mean, I'm not particularly interested in football, so it doesn't really matter to me much. But, I mean, people want to see England win a big football match, yeah. it appears, and therefore they think he might have a chance. And if he's being uh, attacked from day one, then that might lessen the chance, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me, because I can't imagine the footballers going to go, we're not going to listen to you because the son called you a cunt. Uh, <laughs> because they do everyone eventually. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I, I wouldn't fall so... And I... I would have thought, you know, he's a, he's a man of a, you know, he seems to be a very intelligent man, a smart man, a kind he of He could speak man. English, which only the last one could do. I would have thought so, that would be more of a... So why would he be bothered? I don't think he'd be bothered, really. I can't But is it, do you think it's, bothered. I mean, people are sort of treating it like it's a, a speech impediment or a disability. I mean, I suppose it is a well, sort people, of speech impediment. Well, a lot of people have said, oh, that's going to encourage bullying. And I don't know if it is going to encourage bullying. I don't think bullies need that much encouragement. <laughs> the sort of people who are going to bully are going to bully anyway. Yeah. And they're looking for vindication elsewhere and saying, it's okay, we can carry on with the bullying, it's in the sun. You know, they're not, they're not looking outside for their. They're people who are not being perhaps properly educated themselves and therefore think it's okay to take their spite and red them out on others who are less fortunate and can't pronounce certain key <laughs> letters in the alphabet. Um, if only it could have been a Z, that would have been so much easier for my life. But it's, uh, I, I don't really see it's a big deal. I think there's a lot more things we should get, you know. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> just showing off. Uh, and you're an OBE. I didn't realise you were an OBE until I looked you up on Wikipedia. I that know. can't be the thing that's not true on Wikipedia. The I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I've never wicked myself. Um, but uh, well, I, I, 
my own one, I do. I, yeah. The stuff on there I don't like, I take it out. We started editing a friend of ours, because a friend of ours was a brilliant writer, and we really, very really fond of a guy called Neil Gaiman. I don't know if you know Neil Gaiman, the writer. He's a, and he's quite a good friend of mine. And for a joke, we, we were, the family were allowed, and we obviously went out of things to talk about. And I said, let's put some stuff on Neil's Wikipedia page. <laughs> so we're big fans of the, uh, the uh, six uh, series of movies called Leprechaun, starring Warwick Davis. <laughs> the low-budget Leprechaun series. I can particularly re- recommend Leprechaun 5, in the hood, okay? <laughs> where he goes to Harlem. Leprechaun in the hood is, is my favourite. Leprechaun in space is great as well, but by then the budget had almost gone into like the negative side of the balance. Um, and so we decided that we would attribute all of the Leprechaun movies to Neil Gaiman. So we put it on his Wikipedia page and said, Neil is particularly proud of his work on the Leprechaun movies. And then we couldn't leave it alone. We kept going back and embellishing how much he had adored it. And he'd been to certain film festivals where he refused to talk about anything apart from the Leprechaun movies. Movies and he wanted to be remembered. And then finally, we got an actual email from Mick Wheeler saying, We know what you're doing, stop it. <laughs> we were banned, almost banned from using Wikipedia from that address. It is fun messing around with Wikipedia, and I do encourage people to do it. But they've, lo- they've actually locked my, uh, my, my page because people mess around with it too much. We, we picked on Barabbas. I'm, and I'm, not, who, 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 see, I'm not doing that because you can't say it. I think you it. are doing it. Uh, so, so, <laughs> Barabbas, uh, the, uh, the biblical figure, uh, who, who, was, who was released instead of Jesus. Uh, we, we, people started, we mentioned him on one of our other podcasts, with, uh, some guy he used to do podcasts with. I think we said he was... He, <laughs> You've been arrested for bumming, I think that was it. <laughs> so, but if you tick something like Barabbas, no one's really checking up on Barabbas's Wikipedia <laughs> to make sure it's as been Also, they can't, they can't ask Barabbas, can they? So it's like, who knows? Maybe he was once arrested for bumming. <laughs> he was. Kept it quiet. That's why they let him go. Uh, Jesus simply hadn't bummed enough. Uh, no. Now, you said to uh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, is that her name? Gwyneth Paltrow. It is her name, yes. Um, that you would like to fuck her. Well, I I didn't mean it, and I don't mean Did to sound uh, discourteous or indeed unchivalrous by saying that, but yeah. I was fooling around on the show, yeah. and I'd probably done what you did and run out of things to say, and thought that would be quite a funny thing to say, and I, well, I think it was quite a funny thing to say, and she didn't seem to mind. She didn't mind it. Well, she didn't say I could. No. So it wasn't, it wasn't seen as any kind of like, you know, legitimate uh, sort of, uh, there wasn't an engagement there, she didn't, she didn't indulge me in any way, but no, I was doing kind of faux yeah. flirting is the wrong word for saying you want to fuck someone but I think it was in my head because uh, and you know I'm sure she'd be lovely uh, to, to fuck I mean I'm sure it would be a lovely experience I wouldn't fuck her I've, you wouldn't I fuck wouldn't her. fuck her because she was in sliding doors and it's See, I, could, I wouldn't be able to you're too, forgive you're I so be able choosy to you are so choosy Even so do you go through everyone's Wikipedia before you fuck them <laughs> and make sure I wouldn't be able to stop community. thinking of sliding doors and the fact it doesn't make logical sense and uh, every film is essentially sliding doors but so, you don't bother showing you the alternative. I'm not an idiot. I don't. I know that a decision has an impact. It can go in a different way. I don't need to see both repercussions of it. And why does she have sex with the bloke who quotes Monty Python sketches? That never happened. So because of that, I can, know, assume, I, think, I can assure you, no, no I man who's ever quoted. I think we've got to the, the, the core of your problem here. It's not the logical kind of it conundrum. Is. It's the fact that as a young man who used to quote Monty Python, you got no action. And Gwyneth Paltrow no was not interested in She turned me. you down and she used that as the reason. She did, but then you are not fuckworthy because no. of your quoting of the Lumberjack song. It is. So Repeatedly doing four play <laughs> but anyway tell us about the, are you an o, you're an OBE I am I How do have the order of the, I know I don't know either <laughs> How I think come it they didn't was take a, it away from you when because you it wasn't that Andrew big Sachs. a fucking deal <laughs> 
I don't know, but, uh, but here's the great thing about having the LBE. When I meet Prince Charles, which I do occasionally, not socially, I hasten to add, although I think he seems like a, quite a decent bloke, but I'll do some sort of a charity event and he'll be there. And the first time I met Prince Charles was in the 80s, uh, when, when he was with Di. Yeah. Okay, and I met Di several times. I even had lunch with Di once. Not once again, not one-on-one. This was a charity thing. Um, and I, I don't just do charity things to meet Princess Diane Charles occasionally. <laughs> I'll do it also to meet Simon Cowell, for example. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, the first time I met him, he obviously had no idea who I was, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and I'll tell you how long ago this was. On the bill with me on the show, there were a band called Vengerico. Okay? Oh, yes. So I think this specifically ages it. And I'm standing in the lineup beforehand to meet the royal personages with Vengerico, and he goes on and he says a few words to them and a few words. I mean, it must be quite hard. No, what do you say to people who've got no idea who they are? You couldn't care less, but you're being polite. And he came to me and he went, Oh, hello, hello. And I went, Hello, Your Highness. He went, What will you be singing for us tonight? Because <laughs> he thought I was in the band. And I said, Whatever you like. Okay? <laughs> and so years later, I met him and he gave me the OB, which is very nice. And now I'd have a meeting. He always says the same thing. I met him like three times. Of, he always says, oh, you're not wearing the OBE. You know you can tonight, don't you? <laughs> because you're only meant to wear them under certain circumstances. Oh, right. Yeah, like when you're meeting royal personally. It's <laughs> just a bit fucking pointless, really, because there's not a lot of opportunities. I, know, I did go through a period when Big Brother, remember when Big Brother first came, we loved it. I always wore my OBE when, when I was watching Big Brother. <laughs> it became a ritual. And it almost got to the stage where I actually felt kind of like almost guilty if I wasn't wearing it when Big Brother was up. Like I was letting the people in the Big Brother house down. How big a thing is an OBE? You, I've got two. You get a Have big you? one and you get a small one. You get, the big one is kind of pinning on like an old man. meddler. Right? Like this, yeah. The other one is a little tiny button one you can put on a smaller jacket to be a bit more discreet. <laughs> but I don't really know where they are. They're in a drawer somewhere. It, was, it wasn't a big thing for me what to ask you. you what, why, what was the reason they gave you an OB? I'm not well, saying they deserve... I don't you know, like the way this questioning has gone. <laughs> you can't just... Well, who cares what? what you think about who gets an IBE? <laughs> who died and made you the sorting hat? All right? That's what happened. My name got called out by Leslie Phillips at school. And instead of going to the Gryffindor, they put me in the OBE class. Yes. I just can't imagine the Queen kind of going, we must give a Look, I don't think the, the Queen one. I wasn't there the day the Queen gives them out. I think there's a pecking order even right. giving out the OBE. I was the Prince Charles day. But I don't want to diminish, because a lot of people get OBEs for very good reasons. You know, they really give yeah, self you have to diminish it by, getting, yeah. by, by having one. No! Oh, you say if they, if they offered you one, you'd do it and you'd turn it to one of your shoddy little 30-minute tours. Like, oh, I grew a Hitler moustache and I got an OBE. That's what you do with it. At least I didn't cash in it like that. I'd keep mine in a drawer and wear it for Big Brother. I use cashing it for important things. Cashing in on my Hitler moustache. Yes. I've got a Hitler moustache. I know, I cash in on this. Yeah. You did. You cashed in on Hitler. I've got an iron cross you ex- for that. So. You, ex- you, exploited, you exploited that poor man's memory. <laughs> what did you get it for? I got it for broadcasting. Wow. I got it for broadcasting. No, but I think enough. I got it for surviving. No, it was I was popular, I was popular back then. I don't know why I got it, but I accepted it because it seemed like such a a bizarre and unexpected thing. I think say. just the reason I'm surprised is that you don't strike me as such a, as an establishment broadcaster. Yeah, that's well, why that's I'm very kind of you to so put some I'm... sort of a finish on that. But, um, <laughs> I, but, but trust me, Richard, I was equally surprised. <laughs> and you played God Save the Queen on the radio when you got it. But I love that record. Do you love that record? I remember when the... I don't the... think the Queen likes it so much, though. I don't think, I don't think she'd even heard it, has she? She couldn't care less. What? She didn't care about the Sex Pistols. She was off driving a Jeep, hunting stags or something. 
something <laughs> all through the 70s. She couldn't care less about the Sex Pistols, but I loved the Sex Pistols, and I still do. And I remember when there was that Jubilee, you know, she had the last one, which was 77. Uh, yes. So, of course, that's when punk was at its powerful best, and I had to DJ. We, we had a street party, and I offered to DJ, and I played that, like, seven or eight times before they came up and took it away from me. <laughs> one of the grown-ups came and took it away. Oh, I, was, I must have been... I was ten years old then. Yeah, I, you I, look can remember, I can remember the street party... <laughs> So all these kids won't remember that there was we had big trestle tables and cakes with Union Jacks on the top yeah, of them. Yeah. Wouldn't do that now, would they? Well, they might do. I don't think they Did will. Did you not like the royal wedding? I enjoyed the royal wedding. Which one? The the recent one. Well, the only one. Which one? Anyone cares well, about the fucking Prince other one? Prince Charles got married. Princess Anne got married to Did Mark Prince Phillips, Charles get married? I thought they were that? still living in sin. To, to <laughs> Lady Di. There's, there's lots, you know, George. That's the a long got, time ago. George talk about the new got one. Married to Mary or someone. Probably. Hey, Grandpa, get with it. <laughs> I didn't really. I wasn't really bothered. I was on tour at the time and I was. I was staying in a hotel somewhere and it was on I quite and I went it. out for a run I quite liked it because my kids liked it you know or my daughter liked it and her friends and they found it quite sweet and quite exciting it was I thought it was quite nice seeing everyone kind of go out and have a nice day out mm-hmm. and it was when I, in the 70s when it happened I just thought oh this is bullshit you know and I really didn't want to get involved but now that's where you get older you think oh it's quite nice everyone gets a day off it's quite fun <laughs> and they drive off in a Jaguar and he looks quite nice but you must have been properly the right age when because I went to punk in 1983 oh no it was the best thing I can't yeah. believe it. I was 16 when punk happened yeah. and then immediately I kind of jumped on board and just had but I was only a punk with about nine months because then it was sort of over Right. It really only lasted a chunk up. It was so good. Don't Did you live in Camden? When, when no, no, no. I was born in Camden, but I lived in East London all my life. My parents lived in East London. Then I moved out from there. So I used to get the, the tube up to go and see gigs and stuff. And it was quite scary. You did used to get chased by people. I remember, for no real reason, I once had a butcher's jacket which I'd splashed with red paint and put dolls' faces on and I'd burnt their eyes out with a cigarette. And I'd written Psycho Killer on the back and some men chased me. It, was, it wasn't safe. You can't do that. They chased me. It was me. a better time. When they jumped out of a van and chased me. And I was going, it's art, it's art. It's like art walk, like Genesis, but better. Leave me alone. You don't get that anymore, just hard men stopping... No, but you you know what? Young but people, could, you couldn't wear what. Now you can kind of go out and wear what you want, and yeah. you couldn't back then. It was really weird. Like if a man went out and his t-shirt wasn't tucked in, there was something wrong. <laughs> people would look at him funny. You know, it's like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Jardine! And now it's like people go, you can go out wearing a sheet, and people go, oh, nice. You know, you go out with the Hitler moustache, and no one bats an eyelid. I can tell they, you right no, that. Which do they do? So look, we go, I want to bring on our other guests. Just have a little five minutes of the two of you together. Please do, because you have. Uh, I think you'll get on very well with her. She's got some things she wants to say to you. She, are we back there? She, are we ready to go? Uh, we need another microphone and everything as well. Will you please welcome my other guest tonight, the fantastic Francesca Martinez? There you go. Hello, Frankie. Come in from uh, Dublin, especially. Indeed. You were an even later booking than Jonathan Ross. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm There's your microphone. You really hadn't planned this show, <laughs> you hadn't bought either of us. I thought I'd just wing it and see what happened. It's worked out well. I got a bit. I was a little bit nervous meeting Jonathan because he's got a speech impediment. <laughs> 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 it's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah. I thought I'd be direct, get it out there, and say, well done. <laughs> I've overcome adversity. You're so brave, isn't you? 
No, it was nice of me to do it. I love the fact that you weren't bothered about his voice or clarity or anything. No. <laughs> I was thinking of doing a kind of Ricky Gervais character of, of, of a man who can't say his arse. So, you know, I thought it'd be useful research for me to have Ricky's, Ricky's character with his hilarious catchphrase, where's me BAFTA? <laughs> <laughs> Did, were you... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was to Were you annoyed that your surname was Ross? Well, you know, you know. <laughs> weirdly, I didn't. You know, they talk about you know the bullying. A few kids at school made jokes, but I don't really remember that. It's a long time ago. But it was only when I appeared on TV that I became aware. Because it was only when the paper started writing about it that it actually became an issue. Weirdly, so maybe you didn't even know. I, didn't, so, I, hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't really noticed. It speaks well of East London that people have made a big deal about it. I, I've always thought the word speech impediment was very poorly pet. Because it's fucking hard to say. <laughs> so I thought it should be a bit easier, you know. So I was like, I have a. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and who the fuck put the letter S in lisp? <laughs> well, you know what I have apparently, what I have, the inability to say R, I believe, and of course Stephen Fry has told me this because he knows it is called eroticism, yes, which begins with a fucking R. Yeah. <laughs> so why they would do that is you're right. There's some sort of yeah. evil scheme at play here. It's really names of disabilities. Like my disability is cerebral palsy. That's fucking hard. <laughs> no, but I've recruited myself properly. Because I love Wobbly. Like, this is called my friend, he's Wobbly too, yeah. This is true. He calls himself neurologically inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> but that is bloody hard to say too. <laughs> well, it's good to get the both of you on so you can share your experiences. Of, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we can bond. We've triumphed. <laughs> Are you finding those um, disability benefits? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding it fucking annoying they never gave me a special parking permit. I tell you that. I still got to use the mother and children by it safe ways. I love Do you know what I've got about free parking? Um, I should say this. My mum a few years ago, because I, I had that a lot of parents of disabled kids experience real sense of loss when they find out their kid is disabled. So I wondered if she felt this right. So a few years ago, I said to her, Mum, did you ever feel disappointed, you know, when you found out I was wobbly? And she says, No, we're just so excited about the free parking. <laughs> Every cloud. <laughs> My mum is so cool. Well, I've raised a lot of money for Scope over the last seven or eight years. And all well I, done. All I'm what asked... do you want? A fucking medal? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want a parking badge. I would badge. say to Rich, look, Rich, cut out the middle <laughs> one and give the money to me. Just <laughs> me a check. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I think I should at least get a thing where I'm allowed to use the toilets. Well, I should, a little thing. If someone goes, that's disabled, I just flash and go, yeah, it's all right. I'm not like, like you don't use them. <laughs> I use them, but I want to be allowed to use them. Like, it takes you, away the frisson of excitement of being caught. Would you consider running a marathon for Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> we all want equality, yeah. Maybe, yeah. 
if, we'll give him, if, if it can pay for some kind of machine that he can put in his mouth, they'll get, allow him to vaguely replicate hold the on, Hold on, I haven't left yet. I just want you to be... I'm, I'm actually white. I'm still sitting right here. Richard, don't talk about them. Like they're not here. Okay, Does he take sugar? Yes, I do. <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, it's lovely to have you both for long. We're going to talk to Francesca more in the second half without uh, Jonathan Ian. We can say what we really think he's going to go. So we can say what we really think about it. But we're going to have a break. This is the end of the first podcast. If you're listening at home, we're going to put the second one with Francesca later on. We're doing, we'll mention this now, which we have mentioned. We are doing, uh, you're, you're doing the scope benefit on... Uh, yeah. So, you, you know, you're doing scope it... Through, scope benefit. It's scope. <laughs> so maybe you'll get some of the money from the scope benefit. Yeah, you can I'm ask trying. for a cut of the door. I'm hoping. Uh, but uh, on, Sunday, on Sunday the 20th of yeah. May. So At this the Sunday. Apollo. The House of the Apollo. It's yeah. only a little gig. We should be all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so do come along and uh, buy tickets to that if you can. Al Murray, Ben Elton. He doesn't know what he's collecting money for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some charity. <laughs> Some charity. Uh, uh, but for the moment, will you please give it up for my first guest, the amazing Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Thank you. Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast was performed by Richard Herring with guests Jonathan Ross and Francesca Martinez. It was produced by Ben Walker and Dave Cribb. Music by Pest. Uh, it's a Fuzz and Sky Potato production. You can see Francesca Martinez on tour from May. Go to francescamartinez.com uh, and at the Tricycle Theatre on June the 6th where Richard Herring will be one of the guests. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Thank you. Bye. How do you like them sky potatoes? <laughs> Hello, uh, thanks for downloading Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, Rehearlestapa. I have to read it out or I can't do it. Um, uh, if you've enjoyed it, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, it is free. I, I'm trying to keep all this stuff free uh, to download if I possibly can. Uh, it'd be lovely uh, in order that I can carry on eating and providing for my wife who likes expensive things. Uh, if you were interested in uh, coming to see some of my live shows or buying some of my stuff, so I'll just quickly take you through what's coming up. Uh, I'm at the Bloomsbury Theatre on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, this week uh, doing the last two performances of What Is Love Anyway. That's in London. There are still some tickets uh, available. Uh, my new show, Talking Cock, is going to be at Edinburgh and touring around the country. If you go to edfringe.com, you can buy tickets for that and for Rich Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. Uh, you can book ahead for those. If you're interested in Talking Cock, you can also buy the book. Now, we've just republished it at um, www.gofasterstripe.com. Might be co.uk. Play around a little bit. I, I can't remember. Uh, this is a terrible advert. Uh, and uh, if you want to take part in the Talking Cock survey, go to richherring.com. And you can click on the, some, the uh, links to that. Uh, if you want to donate to Scope for, and get your name in the Talking Cock programme in Edinburgh, go to www.justgiving.com slash Talking Cock. Um, and, yeah, if you, if you can't afford to do any of those things, you can give to charity, you can give to me. It would be just terrific if you just told your friends about this podcast, spread the word through social media or email or just by talking to them. Uh, and then hopefully they might buy something down the line if you can't afford to. But please keep on enjoying it for nothing if you, if you, don't, if you don't like the idea of paying me. Sorry to put this advert at the end.